This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Witching Hour is brought to you by Mama Miller, creators of genuinely leak-proof bralettes and camis that are not only functional but beautiful too. If you follow us on Instagram at readyornot.pod, you'll know that our giveaway is now closed and later on in this episode, we're announcing the winner of our favourite Mama Miller breastfeeding pieces. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lou and I'm going to start trying to call myself that. It sounds weird. I've never done it, but I'm going to commit. Yes, you are. And I am Loz, starting with a good news story as always, which is quite fitting this week because it is International Women's Day on Friday. So for those of you that don't know the history, which I didn't really, I must admit, here's a little... uh, Trivia for you. Bit of trivia. So IWD was actually started in 1911 and in many countries, including Afghanistan, Germany, Vietnam and Cuba, it's observed as an official holiday. I love that. Give us a holiday. Yeah. When you come to think about it, give us a holiday. You get one for AFL. Come on. Got to be something. It sometimes lines up with Labor Day. So I get this false sense that it is a public holiday for us, but it absolutely is not. It is not. No. But in many countries, it actually is. So... Maybe it will be in the future. Who knows? Loz is just watching me. I had a shirt over my carrier. Now Posey doesn't want to be in the carrier. So now I am all tangled up. (laughs) You'll have to bear with me just as I try and hold Posey's face up and also take my shirt and carrier off. And then we're going to get into it. So today, the Workplace Gender Equality Agency have published employer gender pay gaps for the first time. There's some damning results in there, which we will get to. Self-help versus leadership. The way we market books to women and men is very different, and we have some thoughts. And finally, your thoughts and stories on all of those damning gender pay gap reports. Let's take it away, Lozzie. Which big employers have the largest and smallest gender pay gaps? New data reveals all. In short, the gender pay gap at companies covering more than 5 million Australian workers has been revealed for the first time. An Australian woman is paid almost 20% less than her male peer, receiving around $18,000 less per year than what a male colleague is paid on the job. And the medium gender pay gap across the nation is 19%, according to the Workplace Gender Equality Agency. The thing I'm liking the most is now it's really easy to find where your company or your organisation or perhaps who you're prospecting sits. So... You just head to their website, www.wgea.gov.au, click on the Data Explorer up in the right-hand side, which I have done because I was curious, and type in your organization's name. It comes up straight away. It's pretty fascinating if you're at a workplace and just wanting to see where they sit. So I'd encourage you to go on and take a look. I imagine there's some pretty interesting dynamics happening across the country today in boardrooms, in coffee rooms. I would love to be a fly on the wall in some of those organisations that have had some of the most damning stats. So tell me, where are we at? Who do we want to give a big smack on the AS to? Okay, there's a lot. But firstly, female-focused brands didn't go so well. 
which surprised me a little bit because I, I would have expected, I think my expectations would have been higher. Especially when a lot of the campaigning and marketing around a female-focused business is all about empowering women. Yeah. To them not be paying the women in the organisation the same as the men or not be giving them the same leadership opportunities. It's such an interesting contradiction. And now they're going to be embarrassed and called out for it. Yeah, and Lorna Jane has received, woo, a lot of bad press. Uh, she has a pay disparity of 37%. Fucking hell. That's So that's double the average. I'm going to go into this in a bit too. Yeah, it is. City Chick Collective has a gap of 57%. Fast Future Brands, which includes stores Valley Girl and Tempt, 52%. A Forever New, 51%. And Swimwear, Make a Sea Folly, 44.5%. Wow, that is massive. That's not looking good. Yeah. I would be so embarrassed. Yeah. I've read an article actually about Lorna Jane because her face seems to be everywhere at the moment. And I mean, in fairness, I always pick one brand to really go hard on it. It is definitely her this time around and for good reason. But her lawyers did provide a statement. They said failure to fairly and accurately report on the survey results in this way has significant potential to cause serious but entirely unjustified damage to Lorna Jane's business and in turn to its large workforce of predominantly women. The statistics shared by the legal team still mean that Lorna Jane's 3% of male workforce earns exponentially more than its female employees. It's really interesting what I'm seeing when people are going into bat for exactly what these lawyers are talking about, which is that the pay gap doesn't show seniority levels. They sort of miss the point that it's also showing that women are often not getting equal opportunity than men, that it's always men being promoted. I was about to exactly say that. Sorry, I'm just jumping in, getting too passionate here. You go for gold. No, not at all. I completely agree. As in, would we like to see more men working in retail at the same level? Yes, I can appreciate that obviously she's a female fitness brand. The type of person they're going to be hiring are most likely the type of person that would buy the product at a more junior level on the floor. But to what you said, I couldn't agree more. So they are kind of missing the point. Do you know, not to sidetrack too far, but I always think about the mothers that take the year off, but then they're straight back into work and they're as career focused as ever. And sure, they have more on their plate, but they're real 10 out of 10 career people. Nothing's going to stop them. That year off, do you think that a woman should be penalised at all in terms of salary raises that her male counterpart may have had? Because I think you learn so many skills in a year of motherhood that make you entirely promotable. Yeah, I agree. But also as a society, men can't have kids. Yeah. Yeah, so don't penalise us just for doing the good work of the Lord. <laughs> the good work of the Lord. That's the first time I've ever heard you use a religious quote for anything. I'm very religious, as you know. Ooh, 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 I've sidetracked us a bit. I'll let you get back to <laughs> the stats, but I was interested in your opinion there. Yeah, the medium gender pay gap at airline Jetstar is 53.5%, meaning that for every $1 a male worker makes at the company, women earn on average 46.5 cents. Pretty shit. Scarcely better at Virgin, to be honest, at 41.7%. Qantas, 39.3%. Commonwealth Bank, 29.8%. Westpac, 27%. Insurer, IAG, 27.5%. Or Suncorp at 20.5%. What on earth is going on? So it's public knowledge that this was going to come into effect. Companies would have been given the heads up. I am going to say two potentially more years ago, so they have had a significant amount of time to rectify the gender pay gap in their organisation. I know it's not that difficult to like 
just hire women in leadership positions or just promote people. Like I completely get that it has to be based on performance and skill. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be, but what I am saying is when you get these reports and they're so shocking, this company has been given time to do something about it or at least come up with a PR statement as to why it exists. Like I think silence is worse. Especially at a company of that scale too. You cannot tell me that there are women within that organisation that aren't as impressive as their male counterparts and that obviously haven't been given the same opportunity. Yeah, and when you hear something like this, I feel like it's no excuse. So the good news is at Brewer Lion, the maker of 4X BR Twoies and Four Pillars Gin, which I personally love. Chef's kiss, no notes. The medium base pay gender gap is just 1.4%. And that's at a usually what you consider a traditional blokes company. So if they can do it, and they're a very big, very big organization, the banks should probably step up. There's no excuse. I have a very quick little story to tell you. When I went up to North Queensland as a kid, I saw the forex signs everywhere and I said to dad, gee, there's a lot of sex shops up here in, in, in Queensland. And he was like, darling, that's not three X's, they're four X's and it's beer. So there you go. Wow, you've learned something new at a young age. There still probably is a few sex shops in Queensland, but I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm sure. Another thing I think you might find interesting is that these figures are based on base pay. So they don't actually take into consideration bonuses or your total remuneration package. That's really interesting because I did read that that's often where inequality gets even bigger, where the disparity becomes even greater because it's these swept under the rug benefits and bonuses. Exactly. So I think if we had to report on bonus structures, and it's also a bit of a loophole, I have to admit, for a lot of organisations for future years who have been slammed in the media this year to restructure pay for that base wage to be less, but your bonus to be higher. Lou, you sent me an article that I found super interesting on this as well, which I actually hadn't considered when I was reading all this stuff. Talk to me about it. It was actually an Instagram story and it's by Lauren Beckman from Future Women. And she was explaining that these figures are annualized. So no man or any big business can come at us saying that it's because women work part-time. They base these figures off everyone working a full-time salary. So there's no argument here about, oh, well, she's a mum that works three days a week. You can't bring that argument to the table. This is based on everyone working a full-time wage. And on that, in my quest of looking for work, of which I have now secured, but when I was actively seeking roles, when I would look at part-time wages for the same title, so let's just say the title that I was going for was marketing manager, for example. Having previously worked in a role like that, I know what the wage should be or what the range of the wage should be. Let's say at a full-time capacity, it's 80 grand, right? But then when you look at three days a week, the salary is 40 grand. That's more than half the week. Exactly. So I find it really interesting how companies, I mean, I'm not saying that they all do it, but a lot of companies for part-time roles pay significantly less with the same expectations of the work required for a full-time role. The PD doesn't change. The description of what you should be doing changes, but the wage is significantly less than what it otherwise would have been if it was full-time. Should it not be a pro-rated wage for the days? It always should be. I'm really surprised by that. Yeah, it is interesting. Something else that I saw that I have to discuss with you. I wasted a few minutes. I'm not proud of it. I wasted some time 
with the Sky News crowd, oh, yeah. people that I don't like to spend time with. I watched a video, a few angry men, they're not happy with this report. They think it's an absolute outrage. Firstly, and if I'm a bit out of breath, it's because I'm rocking my baby over my shoulder. National Senator Matt Canavan said, I worry that it's actually counterproductive to our society. These types of reports are becoming annual Andrew Tate recruitment drives. All they do is spread division and resentment in our community. Young men in particular feel like they are being discriminated against. Oh, God. This sounds like an Andrew Tate follower himself. That's wild. I absolutely love when men like Matt Canavan call out discrimination and division when it doesn't suit them. So as I said to you, I wasted a few minutes of my life watching something from Sky News this morning and there was a whole lot of angry men saying the findings were useless because we're looking at the median salary of an organisation. So from the receptionist up to a more senior staffer. But as I said earlier, what they failed to realise is that they're calling their own bluff here because... It's showing that even when the pay gap is more related to men being in higher positions of power than women, it's showing that men are overrepresented in senior leadership roles. Exactly right. And women are underrepresented. And yes, you may get that at the small business where it's a family-run business. They're all construction workers. They've all been tradies. And of course, the woman who's never worked a day in construction in her life, she might not be as skilled. I get that there's little situations like that in small businesses, but as I said, at huge businesses that are hiring the best talent across the country, the fact that they can't figure it out and that they're coming up with excuses is, I reckon, just do better. Absolutely shocking. So one last interesting point from Lauren Beckman from Future Women. She put up a whole range of Instagram stories and was having a lot of dialogue, a lot of DMs with her followers. She said that a disturbing number of people who work for these companies wrote to her saying that there has been absolutely no comms around the gender pay gap that their company had reported. Some people even working in the comms team weren't sure what the communications plan was for such organisations. How though? I, I genuinely don't understand how. Because we talk, we talked about this weeks ago. So it's not as if it was like a surprise to corporates. The government didn't spring it on them and say, hey, next month. This has been going on for ages. And I would also say when it comes to policies and decisions made by government, the amount of people that they have to consult, involve, give the heads up, like it's enormous. So when companies don't have a PR or comms plan, that's just lazy. Isn't it? It's sort of like a kick in the guts. If you were a woman working at an organisation reporting on the higher end of these gaps, you'd be fucking furious. And they're not even telling you or explaining why. What this article did point out is that while this public outing aims to spark stronger pressures on companies to take action, some companies will be driven more by public perception than others. So there are some companies, and I would say Lorna Jane would definitely be one because she is such a spokesperson for women. I think this will be something that she takes very personally and work very hard from a PR perspective and from an internal perspective at her own organisation to fix and rectify quickly. Yeah, buying activewear is probably more of a personal transaction, whereas for an airline, for example, most of us are always just going to find the cheapest flight. Yeah. So that's a really interesting point. There's some businesses that while I'm sure the optics, they want to look good, it matters more for some than others. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. And after Denmark mandated pay transparency, the gender gap did narrow. It's not because women's wage growth accelerated, but actually because men's faster wage growth slowed down. Interesting. So it's like, oh, well, we don't really have the budget to promote the women as quick as we have been the men. So let's stop promoting the men. Exactly. So what this article said is that actions also need to include evidence informed policies, such as increasing access to affordable childcare, which we've 
harped on about a million times before and expanding paid parental leave to close the gender pay gap for good. So it's not really a quick fix solution, but we need to look at the overall things that are contributing to that. And I mean, it also might help if more men pick up some of the domestic load. Oh, shit, yeah, that would be great. It'll be really interesting. There's so many different snowball effects that can come from this in terms of hopefully improving women's salaries, potential business dissatisfaction or customers literally walking away from businesses. I've seen in Instagram comments, people are commenting that they won't buy from Mecca or Adore Beauty anymore. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens from this. Watch this space. There are two almost certainties when I jump on to record this weekly podcast with Loz. One is that Posey is likely beating at the boob as she is right now as I'm recording this. And the other is that I'm probably wearing one of two of my Mama Miller pieces. And my favourites are the leak-proof bando and cami. So we're thrilled to be giving away both pieces to one lucky listener. Nearly 900 of you entered the competition, but there can only be one winner. So without further ado, the winner is Alexis Maritz. Congratulations, Alexis. If you missed out, fear not, because you can shop the Bando and Cami duo and the entire Mama Miller collection at mama-miller.com. That's mama spelt M-U-M-M-A. My Roman Empire is the fact that personal development books marketed to women are shelved in the self-help section, but books on similar topics marketed towards men are in the leadership section. This article caught my eye, mainly because I was reading a book that I've read before, Atomic Habits. Oh, I've been told to read that. It's really good. I really liked it, uh, but I thought I'd just do a refresher and reread some bits of it. When I picked up that book again, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if this is like a, is this a self-help? Is this a cry for like, I need some clarity on certain things in my life? Or am I looking for like, what is it? Why am I reading this? And then randomly I thought I might Google, like why do women look at self-help books? And this is the first article that came up. And as soon as I looked at that, I thought that is so spot on. If I said to Ryan, why don't you go to a bookstore? You don't even need to go to a bookstore. Why don't you just look on Amazon and buy a book related to self-improvement? That is literally goes against everything that I think about bookstores. I know you hate Amazon. I know you hate it. I know you hate it. I love bookstores too. Like I love bookstores. (laughs) But I guarantee the things that would be targeted towards him if he Googled it would all be like career-driven or money-focused, like financially-focused. And then if I was just to do a random Google, the things that would be targeted towards me would be more relationship focused or to do with communication or like self-help, confidence. Yes. It's so odd. So basically they're the same books being marketed in two different ways for two different audiences. We're the pathetic audience. They're the strong manly audience. Yes, you are spot on. Okay. So who is reading more self-help books, men or women? I'm going to guess that it's men, but that they're touted as something else. So it's hidden as leadership. According to NPD Group, an American market research company, the self-help industry has exploded in recent years. It is one of the fastest growing nonfiction categories with an estimated 15,000 self-help books published in the US each year. That's huge. And it's expected to rise to a value of $14 billion by 2025. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is one of the best-selling books in the world. Have you read it? 
No, I haven't. Have you? Yes, I have. Oh, God, you are more effective than me, so I'd better bloody get reading. And of the 88 most read self-help books on Goodreads, the following applies. Books authored by women were mostly read by women. On average, 83% of readers were women. Books authored by men have 50% male readers and 50% female readers. So we can say that more men are writing and more women are reading self-help books. This means that the majority of women seeking advice end up getting books written by male authors. On the other hand, men are less likely to read books authored by women. Only three of the 88 books written by female authors have male readers higher than the average, 37.5%. Lou, have you read a self-help book or leadership book? And if so, what was the purpose of why you read it? I have never. If anything, I've read books around mindfulness, yoga vibes, but even then I couldn't tell you a title or what I discovered. Okay. In one ear, out the other. Why do you think women are targeted as self-help and men are targeted as, as leadership? Probably because women need more help and men just go off to work. <laughs> and so they're told to lead stronger, lead well, lead from in front, boys. The research shows that men are more likely to read books relating to careers, which is exactly what I said before in terms of that targeting towards Ryan and targeting towards me. While women are most likely to read books about interpersonal relationship, we know that multiple studies have shown that leaders with high emotional intelligence create more connected and motivated teams. So for me, it seems strange that in this day and age, considering career progression and emotional intelligence are so intertwined that we're still marketing these two subjects differently according to gender when in fact what should probably happen is that more men should read books on self-help or relationships communication because it seems to be the, the topic to be honest that women complain about the most about their partners spouse male leaders etc as opposed to it being the other way so that's my two cents it's definitely upsetting to see that disparity between how many females read male authored books versus the other way around and I agree, men need to start reading what women are reading and then maybe all relationship troubles will be solved. Then they can go off and bloody progress in their silly little careers. Silly little careers. So, Lozzie, the poll this week was, of course, about the gender pay gap reports. We didn't have a hell of a lot of bites because this is pretty fresh and I think a lot of people are trying to make sense of what's going on. But we did have a few. This first person said... I do, as in she does work for an organisation that had to report. They're showing up as 0% on the website. Maybe explains why some people got significant raises recently. But if that's what it takes, good on them for actioning it. Can't say the same for many others. That speaks to what we were saying before. We knew this was coming. Why aren't businesses acting on it? Sure, they were perhaps acting more from a place of optics than actually caring about their staff. But at least they did the right thing and did something good about it. On that, I have to have a little laugh. A girlfriend of mine, I looked up her company, so we were just chatting about it. And I said, oh, it actually looks like you've got quite a good situation. It's like 50-50. She's like, oh, that's that's because everyone gets paid shit. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no okay. good news story here. We just all, <laughs> no one's valued in this organisation. Yeah. <laughs> Another person said that they saw theirs today, which was 15%. It's going to be discussed tomorrow, this person said. One of my female colleagues today told me about it. Sadly, she said it wasn't as bad as some of the others, which is true, but it shouldn't exist at all, which is spot on. Someone else said, CBA over here, hard to make sense of it when it's not necessarily same job equals pay comparison. 
I totally understand what that person says. And that's the message that will definitely be jammed down throats of those organizations. But I'd love to ask in big organizations like that, hiring amazing talent, why are women not given the same opportunity when they're going for it? Someone else said, yep, damage control email sent internally yesterday due to pay gap. I asked them what they made of it and they said a similar thing to the person before. It's hard to tell when there's different levels of seniority thrown into that, but I can imagine there's some awkward tea room conversations happening there. Something else that I saw just in a discussion on Instagram, not polled to us directly, was someone that said, this initiative resulted in my salary finally being adjusted to be higher than my white male subordinate salary. I absolutely love that. I like that, but at the same time, I think, what a crock of shit. Does something like this need to come up in order for your salary to be adjusted? Like, it's great. It's a good outcome. I'm not saying it's not a bad, like a bad outcome. It's a great outcome for that person. But at the same time, I'm like, geez, it's a bit pathetic, isn't it? It's like when you go to leave an organization, then they offer you more money. You're like, well, yeah. you should have offered me that before. Do you know my favorite saying applies here? And it's don't piss on my foot and tell me it's raining. And that's exactly <laughs> what that is. Last person said yes. And it's very high from the airline industry. They've sent an email and there's a call about it today. We'll drop you a line after that. So we'll have to add that on Instagram to see what comes of that later. And one more person said yes, and it's 25% with like a bit of a shocked face. Now, Lozzie, we have timed ourselves to be really quick today. We have. We have four minutes left on this recording. Let's give some tips. I've actually got not a career tip today, but more of a personal tip for those people that are in the depths of motherhood. I remember when I first had Sienna, I had some trouble breastfeeding and the best advice that I got was from someone who I didn't really know at the time, but a friend of a friend had chatted to her about how I was feeling and mentally my state with breastfeeding. And she messaged me out of the blue and said, remember no Nobel prize winner ever said, thanks mum for breastfeeding me. So if you're having a hard time, it's okay. You're not failing. You're doing an amazing job. And sometimes for one reason or another, it just doesn't work for you. And I know that there's many benefits and I'm not saying that or suggesting that there's not, but also she's bosh on. They're not going to stand up on a stage when they're receiving an award and be like, thanks, mum, really appreciate you breastfeeding me. So just take it easy on yourself. I absolutely love that, Lozzie. All power to you and all power to every mum out there feeding in different ways. All right, Lozzie, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. As always, if you have loved listening to today's episode, please leave us a review and follow us on readyornot.pod. We will chat to you next week. Happy International Women's Day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.